Travolting presents The Fraser's Edge. Hosted by Jeff Sweeney and Stuart Elmore. Covering George of the Jungle. With special guests, Anna Ragland and Adam Campbell. God. Jeff, are you feeling all right? Uh, sorry, I had to swing in here. Yeah, uh, you literally just... swung into the room, man. Yeah. But you face planted into the tree. I face planted into something. Yeah. I don't know where you're seeing a tree in here, but you know what they say. Jeff of the jungle, watch out for that tree. <laughs> well, what? I don't know. Hello, folks, well... and welcome <laughs> to our George of the Jungle episode uh, for Travolting the Fraser's Edge. Yes. It's a big one, folks. We're jumping into the second era of our show, the um, the A list era. The A list era. I think that's what we're calling. No, may we're calling it mainstream success because Travolta already took the A list era. Right. We're calling have, it mainstream. We success. are leaving the early hits in Mrs. Era, and entering the mainstream, mainstream success, success era. era with the cap off film, George of the Jungle. Yes. George of the Jungle to start off this new era with a bang, or should we say a thud as he crashed into that tree? Yes. And that's right, folks. We're joined by two, count two guests this week. Not one. But two. But two. One oh, returning, one brand new guest. <laughs> um, one returning guest, Adam Campbell, coming back from the Phenomenon and Gotti episodes and also secretly Life on the Line. Yeah, hi. <laughs> <laughs> and a new guest, Anna Ragland. Joining us to talk about this movie that means a lot to her. New guest. She just pulled me off the street. Yeah, yeah. We, we actually just found her out front. Yeah. Uh, we had this mic and, you know. I don't figured. know anybody here. We said, do you like George of the Jungle? And she started foaming at the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, all right, great. <laughs> Let's get when, her in. <laughs> when we first decided we were going to do Fraser, Anna was the first guest booked. Yes, you were. Because we were like, yeah, I think we'll do Brendan Fraser. And you're like, George of the Jungle or bust. And I was like, all right, all right, all right. Well, I don't know how quickly you got in that way. Was it like, was she, were you the first one that like heard about us talking about the new chapter? It yes. might have been that. And then I think immediately was like, listen, <laughs> there's a little movie. I don't think you've seen it. It's called George of the Jungle. I need, I need to be part of it. Because <laughs> we were finishing Travolting yes. at the time. Yes. But we were coming, we were like our last few episodes and we were making the roster and everything. And yeah. like. Like, we were telling a few folks, and a few folks were like, oh, that's cool, oh, that's cool, oh, that's cool. But you were, like, the one that's like, oh, that's cool, George the Jungle, like, book me. I think it was, like, me, and you had already told me, like, Becca had booked something. Yeah, Becca had the mummy. Yeah, which is a hot ticket. Yes. I get it, but not as hot as George of the Jungle. He's a, he's a good-looking guy, let me tell you. Adam, what about your connection to George the Jungle? Um, well, when Jeff told me about the Fraser's Edge... Um, the first thing I said was George of the Jungle, and you said it's booked. <laughs> um, and I said, "Oh well, I guess I'll do something else." And you listed a bunch of things I'd never seen, but I agreed to see them eventually. But yeah. then here I am for George of the Jungle. I don't know when you decided that. Well, you, you, you. We were talking, and uh, you said, "Well, I'll watch some of these movies." And I'm like, "Oh well, why'd you want to do George?" And I think you said, "It's one of my favorite movies ever, and it means a lot to me." <laughs> and um, I was like. All right, I kind of got, like, I got to know what that means. And we've done some two guest episodes before, and they always turn out pretty well. Yeah. So we're like, we'll just do two. Yeah. Bring yeah. them both in. Well, the film does mean a lot to me. <laughs> um, I had it on VHS and watched it all the time. Um, 
at my friend's house, mm. at my parents' house. Um, I would just bring it with me and everywhere you went. Yeah, and um, the song, the theme song, it's one of my favorites. Stuck, stuck in my head to this day. Um, are we talking about the George 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 of the Jungle? Watch out for that tree. Or are we talking about Dela? Uh, fuck. It, it's uh, that one for me. It's 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 the former for me. <laughs> oh my gosh. There was a brief moment in time where I considered making this a three guest episode. Uh, what? Uh, Mark Tilly, four guest Mark Tilly almost used the Dela song at his wedding <laughs> as oh the my first God. dance. <laughs> uh, but I was like, we cannot fit a third, per- a fourth, fifth person at this table. No, we cannot. We'll stick with the two. Yeah, but we're very glad to have you both. Very interesting takes. I hope. I think. Anna, you, ha- I guess to get to start because we got some pretext we'll lay down. Yeah. But just to get started of like, I mean, Adam, you described how this movie was impactful for you, especially early childhood. Anna, tell us about your history with this movie and how it came to the moment you heard the name of it, you booked it for a podcast session. Right. The year was 1997. Um, Anna was six years old, you know, just super naive. And there that movie was, you know, on my screen. And then he came on. It's different than I think the three of you. It was, um, it was like, what is this feeling? (laughs) (laughs) What is this feeling? (laughs) Who is this man? (laughs) (laughs) What is a man? (laughs) Um, yeah, that was, that was the reaction for me. I mean, now as an adult, you watch it and it's like, there's so much nuance and like humor to it. But as a kid, it was all, it was all, you know. Hitting the hitting the tree hard, funny, poop jokes funny, George oiled up, not funny but something. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing something. This was also like a childhood movie for me that I think we owned on VHS, and I think the last time I had saw the, seen this movie, I watched it last night. Uh, beforehand, it was probably when I was like maybe ten years old. I'm guessing. Mm. Um, but yeah, like uh, just kind of a nostalgia piece, but definitely been well over good Lord, almost like close to 20 years since I've seen this movie and you all know how old I am. That's I'm very, very little when I I saw this movie. So this movie came at six days after I was born. Fun fact. Wow. Um, Jeff, do you have any special connection to this movie? No, I'd actually never seen this movie before. <gasps> wow. <laughs> okay, so we're getting a first. This is the first time I've seen George of the Jungle. Okay. I thought it would be fun to hold on to that information for the past several months of this podcast. I don't know, because now I'm speechless. <laughs> we're getting very interesting takes here now. Yes. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, do you have any pretext research for this movie? Yes, I do. But before we get into that, I just want to say, like, the the common thread, even though I've never seen this movie, I did own it on VHS. Mm-hmm. My older sister did. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's really interesting how this particular movie has really, it really fits into that very specific, like, everyone had this on VHS section. Because, like, it's before streaming. It's before DVDs, which were, like, a cheaper and more, like... Um, easily collectible format Mm -hmm. like VHS families usually had like a decent selection of VHS's but they didn't have like shelves and shelves like people had of DVDs usually like an entire closet worth yeah Um, and so this was one of those movies that had an incredibly successful home video run on VHS and I just feel like everybody who was a child between like 90 like 2 and 2000 
wound up with this movie on their shelf on yeah. VHS. And so I think it's interesting how that like cultural relevance has really just like skyrocketed recently. Um, just based on like the VHS longevity of that. The VHS longevity of that and the VHS generation now yeah. seeing a resurgence of Brendan Fraser and yeah. looking back. Well, because like I don't think Brendan Fraser's current resurgence happens if George of the Jungle doesn't come out on VHS. Yeah. If George of the Jungle doesn't come out on VHS, there's so like he does he gets the mummy off of this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does he get the mummy off of this movie if like this isn't a big success or this doesn't happen? Probably not. If he doesn't have the mummy, we're not ta- we're not we're hosting like the cruise control or something right now. We're not doing the Fraser's Edge. Yeah. So I think it's very interesting how just like the popularity of the VHS of this in some way you can track to Brendan Fraser's resurgence because everyone has fond memories of him from their childhood. Yeah. Now a quick question to Anna and Adam: Had either of you seen Encino Man? Yes. No. Yes. I mean, no. I saw it after George of the Jungle. You know, same. Because Same here. it wasn't obviously marketed to kids, and I was six at the time. But yeah, yeah that was his first big yeah. hit. And a very clear, like from a producer-writer standpoint, a very clear predecessor to this movie. Like you can easily watch Encino Man. It doesn't take a lot to imagine, oh, yeah, we should hire the caveman from Encino Man to play the jungle man in this movie. Like, mm. and The dude was shirtless and wore a loincloth throughout that entire movie in Encino Man dude's going to be cool doing it in this movie. Yeah. So like it, it makes perfect sense, but I was in the same boat that I also watched Encino man after George of the jungle. And I mean, obviously very different characters, but it is interesting to see like how it, uh, it evolved. Um, cause Fraser does a few things with this role outside. I mean, cause Encino man, he's like just starting to be an actor. He like, what was like prior to Encino man? Like he had just done, uh, with honors, uh, you um, said right after Encino Man or School Ties? Yeah, School Ties. I'm talking about the build up to Encino Man. It was like School Ties, and then like a TV movie in a supporting role. Like just that's about it. And Encino Man, he doesn't have any lines except maybe like a grunt. And then fast forward to a few movies, cameos, supporting roles later. Now we're getting him in George of the Jungle, and it's a Jungle Man, but it's a Jungle Man who talks, who has a personality, yes. who has. An amazing physique. Um, what? Oh. <laughs> so, like, it's very fascinating for me to compare and contrast the two and be like, it's a very clearly evolved Brendan Fraser at this point. Yes. Um, in more ways than one is he evolved. In more ways than one. See, I don't think he gets this movie without the combination of Encino Man and Airheads. Yes. Yes. Because... A thousand percent. I think you get the comedy in the second one, right? Yeah. And then you have producers who are probably like, these two things... Yeah. This is perfect. Yeah. Caveman. Comedy. Yeah. Airheads. Heavy rocker. Can stand up with a good cast. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked about Fraser, like, at this point in his career, is having... He's in, like, conflict with the sense that he wants to be a serious actor. But his, like, greatest skill as an actor is... His, he has very good comedic chops. Yeah. He's good at taking himself not seriously. Yeah. Making fun of himself. Making fun of his physique. Making fun of whatever it is. Right. And so the fact that he's trying to do, you know, these movies like School Ties and With Honors and... All the dramatic The roles. Passion of Darkly Noon. The thespian roles, as we might call them. But ah. still young roles. Like, yeah. They're dramatic, yeah. but it's very, like, teen drama. Yeah, like, you're the Twilight of the Goldses. In Passion of Darkly Noon, I think what's interesting is it's not that many degrees off 
of like a caveman grunting yeah. like comedy because the role he plays is like a knockoff of like Frankenstein's monster yes. in a sense that he's not very well educated. He kind of has like a stocky build and is sort of clumsy with himself. Yeah. And, but it, the wildly different tone of course, but n not that many degrees off of the same performance, yeah. which is not a testament about his lack of acting skills. It's a testament to how good he can act because he's not changing a lot to deliver what's needed. That's another example of why I think Fraser's good in this movie, George of the Jungle. I do think he's really good in this movie, by the way. Like, some people are going to say, like, oh, the movie wasn't that good or whatever, but it has, like, a nostalgic charm. No, no, no. I think Fraser's good in this movie. Yes. I think he actually, like, knows what movie he's filming. And no, he very much knows. And he gets this movie based off of exactly what Anna was saying. Like, Encino Man, he plays a, essentially a caveman, much like he does in this. Yeah. And he was kind of resisting, like, going back to that well. He just he does cameos as Link in um in the army now and son-in-law. But then he bays in the river of ham in this. Yeah, one. but for this, he's like Disney. Disney comes knocking, and you're they're like, "You're hey, you're going in. You're lubing you up. Want to be a caveman again? We'll and pay he, a lot of money." And he's just come off of you know his your Mrs. Winterborns and your Twilight of the Goldses, which See, didn't do anything. For he him. he's not on a decline, but we decided described this. He's in the stagnant. Last, he's stagnant. He's in a plateau right now. Um, and so he gets offered, you know, probably a pretty good paycheck oh, to yeah. do a very high budget Disney comedy, going back to his roots as a caveman, and he just says, "Sure." Not just sure. He's like, "All right," and All right. he like goes full out in this movie yes. in more ways than one. I mean, he just the 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 physical transformation he went through to do this movie, which is going to be a theme in Fraser's career going forward. Which is another thing I think you two can probably weigh in on is. When we talk about Fraser and all of his roles he's done, um, particularly in his heyday, a lot of it is like action physique. He's doing a lot of his own stunts. Um, and especially, I think, where Fraser left off with Hollywood for a while and it's coming back, we're hearing more and more depictions from himself about how that wasn't necessarily the best for him. So, like, he talks about, I think the, the most clear-cut thing example I have is he talks about the mummy Tomb of the Dragon Emperor a lot, about how he was 40, but he was still expected to be, like, Ricochet O'Connell. And so he's, like, pretty much, like, held together by duct tape, band-aids, and ice packs. And so, thinking about that and his dedication, like, did it serve him well in the long run, I guess, mm -hmm. is my question. Yeah, I mean, I think that, like timeline of his career and where it would have gone if he had just sort of you know not spoken up about things he experienced it would be totally different but would he be happy no absolutely not like i don't i think we would see the decline of like his mental health if yeah. if he had just kind of stayed with it yeah because he I, I mean he recently talked about why he didn't want to do a second one of george of the jungle yeah and it was because he was like i i physically was barely eating expected you know try to keep so thin and he was like i was unhappy yeah and work like a 12-hour day yeah and then like eat a cashew yeah. you know and yeah. he also said that disney didn't give him a high enough offer for the second one to even consider that yeah and we'll talk about george's jungle too when we get to the end of this episode right yeah um, but for now we will ignore that movie yeah but it, it does I, exist as we should yeah <laughs> but it, it, the, all that to be said it just it, i always as I'm watching these movies, it's always a thing I'm keeping in the back of my head that, oh my God, like George's Jungle, it's so amazing. Mummy, it's so amazing. Mummy 2, 
all that stuff. It's amazing. But it's also in the the back of my head of like Fraser is like I I relate to him in the sense that he comes from a small Midwest, like local part of the country, moved to California. We talk about this a lot on the podcast when we compare Travolta and Fraser. Travolta, who's a New York Broadway kid, uh, mother was like a producer of some fashion, uh, came up in like the song and dance style and just sort of hit it right away. Whereas Fraser, and you can see in his filmography, had to work really hard to get all the roles that he could get. And with that Midwest attitude, I can see it being like, okay, Mr. Fraser, you're going to do this stunt for this shot. And where some actors, um, I think uh, Michael Caine talks about this in one of his like uh, lectures um, from the 90s, where about having that veteran actor apprehension about doing things that yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I, I didn't think I'd be doing that. I say, bring my stunt double in and have them do it for me. Right. I'm going to go shit in the trailer. Right. And it, it's, a, it's up to you whether he said shit in the trailer or sit in the trailer. That is for you, the audience. But like ta- we, a lot of us work in the film industry and I've talked to a lot of stunt people and it is absolutely a myth about this whole like pride and joy that you hear in stories about actors being like, oh, yeah, he didn't use a stunt double for this. He did it all by himself. And always oh, he's so cool. It's like, no, a one, because if something happens and they break a leg, that l- production loses so much money in the delays of that. But secondly, it's terrible for their like career in the future. And I can see Unless you're Tom Cruise. Right. Unless you're the Tom, one exception. The one exception. And so my big tangent that I'm just going on with this is that um I can see Fraser being a little too eager to just say yes to all these things. Cause he he talks about horror stories that he had to endure in the mummy, like he almost got like hanged for real accidentally. Yeah. I'm sure there's some horror stories in this movie that he had to go through. Um, but all this to be said, like Fraser is in the point of his career where he's just going to go balls deep, balls to the wall with everything. Cause he's like hitting like a spark and he knows it with this movie. Yes. All I right. agree. And thank you for coming to the Vaulting <laughs> podcast. All right. Uh, so this movie, George of the jungle directed by Sam Wiseman. Um, his other hits have been D two, the mighty ducks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and then Dickie Roberts, former child star. A movie we'll actually be covering on this show in a few months. No shit. Uh, but that is the last movie he's ever directed. I don't know what happened to him. Because <laughs> he's mostly a TV director, I think. That sounds right to me. Yeah. That's usually the path. Uh, but the whole idea of this movie is it's based on a, a um, an old cartoon, 1967 cartoon, George of the Jungle. Yes, of course. George, George, George of the Jungle. Right, which is in the rights of Disney. Disney yes. owns the copyright to the 1960s, so it's reusing a lot of the same themes and yes. all that stuff. So it's based on that cartoon. It was the 90s, early 2000s, when like kids who grew up in the 60s with these cartoons were coming of age where they had executive powers now. Not like presidential executive power, but like power at studios. Yeah, Because if you were seven in 1967, you'd be, what, 37 when this movie comes out. So it's the executives who grew up with those cartoons are like, you know what? I think it's time to bring George back. I think it's time to bring the Looney Tunes back, which same time we're having Space Jam and Looney Tunes back in action. Another movie we'll be covering on this show. Uh, you know, they're talking about, let's bring Dudley Do right back. Another movie we'll be covering on this show. Uh, <laughs> if you're seeing see a recurring <laughs> thread, I'm trying to draw one. <laughs> yeah. And that thread I'm trying to draw is that Brendan Fraser is very good at playing cartoon characters. Yes. That is one of his great skills as an actor. But the um, 
this movie, you know, gets made. Disney decides they're going to go ahead with it. They're looking around. They hire Fraser. They hire Wiseman. And they put a decent amount of money into this movie. What was the budget? At a $55 million budget. Okay. For 1997, that is pretty substantial. That's a lot. For a movie like this. It's not mid-size, really, either. Yeah, this would be higher end at the time. Yeah. That's um, a lot. Especially, I love this movie, but when I watch it, I'm not like, 55 million. I see it. I don't see well, it either, yeah. Do you want to know where most of that money probably went? So, I, I at the beginning of this movie, I was like, wow, they filmed a lot of this on location. This is pretty cool. They did not. It is a 750-foot-long soundstage. Where? Mm. In Los Angeles. No shit. All made to look like a jungle. But surely they had some like B unit. Well, I'm uh, sure they had a B unit, unit that went out. There's that like went, a few shots of like a There's helicopter. some that clearly look like Hawaii. Yeah. But anytime they're in the actual jungle, right. like near the treehouse, like walking through the jungle, that is a 750 foot long stage entirely made to look like a jungle. Wow. Fuck off, Mandalorian volume. <laughs> <laughs> the volume. It was 71 feet high at the peak and 90 feet wide. Jesus Christ. Built for this movie? Built for... Well, the stage was already there. Right. It's just like one of the big sound stages in Hollywood that they probably filmed like Armageddon. And maybe more of a testament to be like, they filled a 750-foot stage with jungle Yeah, trees. with the jungle. With the jungle. It's very impressive. Good Lord. It's um, like George of the stage. Right. Mm -hmm. George, George, George of the stage. Watch mm -hmm. out for that bell. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, money was uh, spared no expense on this movie. Um, it had some actually, like, Shep the Elephant was a uh, major CGI advancement. Mm -hmm. Adam knows this. Yeah, I was I was just amazed that the, the, at the amount of CGI in this 1997 movie. Yes. That yeah. didn't look absolutely horrendous. No, it was not absolutely horrendous. It had that Jurassic Park thing where the textures actually kind of looked pretty good. Yeah. The movements were a little goofy, but, like, the actual texture design of the creature looked okay my favorite like goofy effects moment was the lion fight <laughs> because here's the thing it's not really a lot of cgi it's like isolated shots of a real fucking lion and then a shot of isolated shot of uh leslie mann and then george comes in and then cut to a tight close-up of a puppet paw like <laughs> swiping his face <laughs> it's he like, like knocks it over i'm like is that a stuffed animal <laughs> yeah basically like no. when he's like lifting up the line it's totally like just a fake stuffed animal lion yeah so they use fake animals but in real life they used um you know like i said cgi advancements they use a lot of real animals in this movie um they use three real lions named bongo uh joseph and caleb <laughs> I just wanted Caleb. to highlight those three lions because they're good guys. I must ask the question about yeah. the animal treatment in this movie. All the gorillas were fake. Well, right. They were all created by <laughs> what? they were all created by Jim Henson's creature shop. But I what? I have to ask about the lions and the elephant because what about the tigers and the bears? Oh my! Oh my. Thank you, Jeff. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. 1997. Every time I see like an older movie, like I say older. 90s that use animals and i'm just like oh like culturally wise i don't know if we were quite like caught up to speed about like maybe you can't put an animal in the cage like 24 hours a day and mm -hmm. then rush it onto a stage and yeah. use it but i don't know yeah it's disney so of course they wouldn't do anything wrong with animals yeah never never, <laughs> never. they're perfect in every way yeah you know? exactly uh, thank you. Uh, this episode is actually sponsored by uh, the Walt Disney Corporation. Make sure to see Avatar, The Way of Water, uh, 
premiering in movie theaters to, uh, Last three weeks three ago. Weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, that's all I have in terms of like pretext. Yeah. Um, just, you know, the Fraser of it all, the Wiseman of it all, and then the budget that did go into this thing. Disney was like putting effort into this. Yeah. This wasn't a toss-off movie for them. Because there's a lot of toss-off movies. It wasn't old dogs. It wasn't blank check. How right. much did it make, though? A lot of money. This is Fraser's first uh, box office, like major box office success. Yeah, I didn't do research on it because I figured you would. But like, I always, I think in my brain, assumed that this came out after Tarzan Mm -hmm. and it didn't. So I think I was like, it had to have been a success because Disney loves to be like, that worked. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. But get Phil Collins involved. (laughs) Instead of Oscar winning Phil Collins. Collins with me. Yeah. Um, are we hitting? Are we hitting the, the cows at the moon? Are we hitting? This happens a lot. Come there. and dance with me. The problem is you're Come like, and dance with me. The rhythm is so wrong. Yeah, I, I, I cannot remember the, the rhythm. <laughs> Do we just want to hop into the plot? Now? Yeah, let's hop into the movie. All right. So I want to turn to Adam for this opening. Um, well, I had completely forgotten that it opens with like a cartoon. Um. And I, I don't know, I was like struck with, I remember every single detail of this, but did not remember that it even existed. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it immediately made me like the movie less, even <laughs> though I really appreciate animation normally. Mm-hmm. I just was like, oh God, I don't feel like watching this now. Was it not, <laughs> go- was it not good animation? Or? Uh, it was decent animation. I mean, it's fine animation. I just was like, I remember this moving be- movie being like relatively highbrow as a seven-year-old watching it. Um, uh, and then I'm seeing, I don't know, this, this jungle baby. And um, I'm just like, huh, maybe, maybe my memory is not that accurate. <laughs> well, I don't think they could find me. a baby hot enough to be a young Fraser, if you will. That's what I told myself. What if there's uh-huh. just a really ripped baby <laughs> and it's just like walking around the woods, just like eight pack and shit? They also probably were trying to lessen the um, the plot there that like yeah. a plane crashed and they lost a baby. <laughs> they were like, well, he's fine. He's of the jungle now. It's all good. No, I kind of like that it pays homage to the cartoon origins of George the Jungle. It's like, oh, it's a cartoon and then we're going to bring it into live action. I also like. 90s animation styles. Oh my god. Like the style of this, it's like in the same vein as like early Rugrats and Simpsons. I kept like singing the Nickelodeon theme song in my head watching this opening cartoon. I I don't even know, like, it's that very specific 90s cartoon look to it. Yeah. And I don't know. It's like almost a drawing. It's like when, yeah, like it kind of, like, it has like a sketch quality to it. Mm -hmm. When they're like still hand drawing and using cell animation, but computers were starting to come in. I don't know. It's a weird intersection of animation that I always love the style of. Immediately, mm-hmm. Keith Scott narration voiceover. Yes. Who, oh, my God. <laughs> I, I feel like we got to take a segue just to talk about the narrator of this, Keith Scott, uh, who... MVP of the movie, if MV- it wasn't for Fraser. Oh, my God. This is a, a, a children's tale, so no one dies in the story. <laughs> this is a movie that does not work if you don't have Fraser and his complete, you know mastery of understanding what movie he's in and who he's playing and you if you don't have that narrator it also doesn't work you need those two elements very few movies where you can say that yes where like the narrator really like builds the narrator is a character in this movie yeah it is absolutely i mean they break the fourth wall like multiple times with him too so like he Mm -hmm. is 100 percent 
of the world. Yeah, absolutely. Because this, this thing, it's operating like very over the top at a heightened level. Mm-hmm. So you need that narrator to give order to that mm-hmm. and also be able to break the rules when you need to. Like, I don't want to hear Leslie Mann tell her parents, like, why she left her husband. So you can be like, yeah, we'll fast forward through this. You <laughs> <laughs> um, get this movie in and out of crisp 93 minutes. Yeah. And uh, I think when we transition to live action, we get pieces of George Fraser, but not a full reveal yet. George, 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 the jungle, watch out for that tree. We get the same shot of the gorillas playing the bongos that we get like seven times in the movie. The way that opens with the bongos, it's just like, it slaps you in the face. It's, <laughs> it's like, okay, it's a movie now, so you win? It really does, because like, like, it was the John Cleese talking ape for me. <laughs> just comes John out. Cleese. <laughs> yeah. John oh, Cleese. Oh, don't say good boy, Johnny, good sir. John you Cleese, are more like woman. John Cleese and thank you, daddy. <laughs> 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 The best part about his character is that it's this very intelligent ape, right? Like, yeah. probably more intelligent than at least me at this table. <laughs> um, and in his entire lifetime, it's just like, no, I'm good with ape. <laughs> a, na- a name? No. That's his ape. name. Ape. Ape. <laughs> but what do you call the other ones? <laughs> what do you call the other apes? They're all just ape primate. Ape. Just ape. Ape primate. Ape one, ape two. Like, what? Last name primate. The other thing too, because George introduced him as George, George Primate. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I do like in this movie? This movie never explains how George knows how to speak English. No, I, I, I same. Well, <laughs> I would assume it's ape. Yeah. But we don't need but to like, know. But how, how did, did ape, ape learn to speak English? I think that's the bigger mystery. I think there's an origin story there. Like it's a sci-fi movie. <laughs> I yeah. think ape, is it Planet of the Apes? <laughs> I think ape is Caesar, but in an alternate world where instead of like rallying all the apes Caesar, to fight humanity, like human, he just like went off, found a lost baby in the jungle. It was like I'm going to take care of you now, <laughs> and that was it. I mean, again, they took that, and when they made Tarzan, they were like, "We're going to do this again." Yeah. Yep. But we're going to make it Rosie O'Donnell slightly less weird. No, Rosie O'Donnell is a uh, Turk. Is his, yeah, his like, okay, BFF. Oh, we're talking about the Glenn Close mom. Is it Glenn Close? Yes. Oh my God. Of course it is. <laughs> but they don't even do like a, um, uh, what is it? Like a, not Hunt for Red October, where it's like, you know, you hear the ape speak and then it cuts mm. to the humans' POV and it's like, whoa, oh, 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 yeah. And it's, it then it's, and then it cuts back to the apes again. Yeah. No, it fully talks in the universe. <laughs> uh-huh. And it becomes a subplot where they try to get the ape to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> they don't try to get him to Vegas. He, succeeds, yeah. he, gets, he gets there on his own. Okay? He gets He's on his hard. own volition. He did it his way. What if mm. Rosie O'Donnell had voiced this ape too? I mean, we've already covered like three Rosies on this show. Rosie O'Donnell and Brendan Fraser. I mean, kind of had a stranglehold in the '90s. They were in a lot of things together. We've learned. I really like it, but, <laughs> but I mean, just, I mean, it's John. It's John. Just like imagine, like this ape walks out and oh, Fraser, how's it going? You fucking she's like, got she's, like, let's go. she's like, hey, what do you want? It's me. Yeah, it's me. It's yeah, Rosie. It's me, I'm playing Rosie O'Donnell. I'm playing, playing ape. What do you want? I'm playing ape. a monkey. I'll make a monkey out of you. Oh, you're what trying to you know? woman. Okay, I'll take you out of one woman. <laughs> You ever had a hoagie? Hoagies from Philly? It's crazy, you know? She just uses the bongos to be like, but <laughs> <laughs> right, That was my rosy bit for this episode. Yeah. Um, Do you have one every episode? We Increasingly, yes. Because we get so much rosy. There's so much rosy on this show. And she's never warranted in the movies. No. <laughs> it's always like Rosie O'Donnell pops before a scene. 
She comes in. She's like, hey, what do you want? You know, I'm in this movie. It's about gay people. You know, the, the fine gay people are okay. All right, I'm going to go home. And that, that's like, that's the, that's your Twilight scene. of the Golds, by the way. If you want to watch <laughs> that movie, listen to our episode, which I, I would not recommend. It's like she actually shows up, tries to say her lines as quickly as possible so she can go home, and then never reappears in the movie. That's smart. Uh, get paid. So, yeah, we get, like, little hints of George, but we don't get a full reveal, which I, I like that they did that for the reveal reveal. Yes. And then we cut quickly, very quickly, to Leslie Mann. Yes. Playing Ursula. Don't know her last name. Stone something? It's some very proper English name. Well, Ursula St- sounds, I don't know, Germanic, like something out of a Wagner opera. Yeah. Or an octopus from... Another Disney film. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what that is. I don't know. Sorry. Um, and she's on an African safari. Um, doesn't sure. say what country they're in, does it? Africa. It does. Well, well, what? It says in the heart of Africa. Bakuba, I think it is. Is that what, like the, the actual like country or? It is Uganda. Uganda. It is a part of Uganda that I cannot remember the name of. Okay. Um, and she's with her fiance. Oh my god, the winner of it all, Lyle. Lyle, who just like showed up. Oh my god, mm-hmm. not invited. Lyle Van de Groot. Lyle Van de Groot. It's always a Vander, right? Like yes. <laughs> uh, played by Thomas Hayden Church. Which, if the name is not familiar to you, I bring your attention to the 2007 Sam Raimi Spider-Man Three, where he plays the Sandman. Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> Stewart immediately skips over his Academy Award nominated role <laughs> in 2004 and sideways goes right to Sandman. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. A role he hilariously reprised in Spider-Man: No Way Home. He does he it though. Did. No, he's in it. Is it? No, they. He does the voice, but he like he okay. does the voice, but he doesn't come back in because they. It's a CGI sand. Guy. It's a CGI sand guy, and when they spoiler, if you haven't seen No Way Home yet, when they cure him and he changes back to Flint Marco, they reuse a clip from, from Spider-Man, Spider-Man Three. So he that. does. He never. He never appears in person. In the movie. I think the hardest I laughed at a movie in the past year was Spider-Man No Way Home when he's, like, fighting the elect. He's fighting Electro, and, like, this wall of sand just appears, and Thomas Hanger just face pops out of it, looks at Tom Holland, and goes, It's me, Flint Marco! Do you remember me? <laughs> and it's like, what the fuck is this? And Tom Holland is like, no. And Tom Holland says no, and the entire audience is like, Who's this guy? I don't remember him. And then it turns out that they completely destroyed his redemption arc and made him into a villain again. It's funny. Yeah. Anyway, yes, he does play the Sandman, but he is the villain in this movie as well. And he is... He's a big-time villain because uh, in my notes I wrote, is he a colonizer? He is. (laughs) He does definitely try to, like, he's like, I give you this cigarette, this cigar, you give me your land. Like, that's a line. Yeah. I was like, full blown. Lyle. Tell me this movie is a highbrow. <laughs> you're right. You're right. We'll see. I was misled by the opening. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so, and they're trying to get to Ape Mountain, which, if you think it's just a mountain with apes on it, you are mistaken. It is a mountain in with the a, shape of in it. In the shape of an ape's face. <laughs> Fucking love that bit. That's a good bit. <laughs> um, I wrote down this movie moves wickedly fast. Yes. Because like, it is like pop and plot points out left and right. It moves fast and yet very slow because I feel like when you get to the moment later on where he goes to New York, you're like, oh, I still have so much movie left. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, it, there's so much happening, but like 
it's what you said 93 minutes 93 minutes it feels like a full 120 minutes it's 45 minutes before he leaves uh the jungle before he comes Mm -hmm. george of the san francisco yeah or george of the bay bridge yeah are they in san francisco yes yeah because the golden gate bridge it's the golden gate bridge that they do the whole thing that's the bay Bay Bridge. bridge Because the Bay Bridge is expensive sense. to film on. That makes sense because I was like, "This isn't like the, the the red Golden Gate Bridge. It's like a silver bridge." I'm like, "What is this shit?" The Bay Bridge is a lot longer. I just learned no a shit. couple weeks ago. Wow! Did you yes. just learn this because wow. of George of the Jungle? Uh, no, I drove across it. Ah, that's fair. Yeah. Do you live in California, Adam? I do live in California now. Well, much, much wow. to my chagrin and <laughs> <laughs> the chagrin of many others. Loves it in California, don't mm. you? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually now an ad for California. Yes. Yeah, um, move to California and check out Avatar: The Way of Water, your local <laughs> multiplex. But every once in a while, we get we cut to the the bongo gram. Oh my god! It's the exact same <laughs> shot every time they come back to these motherfuckers. <laughs> Just it's like the three apes. guys like and like a it's like filmed in like a pan, like yeah. it's spinning, yes. and you're like, well, in it out. What Jeff? I want you to imagine a universe where they filmed it exactly the same way they do the beacons in uh, yeah. Lord of the Rings, where it's like. The bongo gram has been sung, and it's literally just like literally like an ape do, sitting do, on do, a tower, do. and like Pippin somehow like gets it to start playing bongos, and then it goes to the Lord of the Rings Return of the King montage, where like you just see apes on mountains like miles apart, and they just start playing bongos until it so gets to the jungle. The bongos are a communication method, is what we established, right? Yeah, yes. and they're warning George that there's people coming. But in we there. only see one group of apes playing bongos. That's we see one group of apes, but then we see the tiny monkey do it. We oh, see Tuki yeah. do it. I mean, we they do all. See Tuki. We all, they all know how to send a bongo. The jungle gram. is all connected with Awa. All right, do you like that? Do you like, see you like how yeah. I got the Avatar bit in there? Check out Avatar: <laughs> The Way of Water, your local multiplex. And while you're at it, subscribe to Disney Plus to check out Avatar, the 2009 one that started it all. Great. And while you're at it, watch Disney Strange World. Papyrus. Oh, season finale of Star Wars Andor now airing. I, I, the Santa Claus is starring <laughs> Tim <laughs> Allen. Thank you, Jeff. Available on Disney Plus. I really liked um, contact your cable the, provider um, and get Disney Channel. The tour. I don't know. If, I don't know if it's right to call I them like the tour guides or like safari guides. Yeah. But like the group of folks that they have with them. Holy shit! <laughs> They're so funny. They're so funny. <laughs> and like it has one of my my favorite bits. We're gonna get to it when we get to it. But like it's like it's another fourth wall break, and it broke me when I saw it, and I was like, holy shit! This movie still got stuff for me. I um, mean, the movie does a really good thing here in that like it could be it could go sideways really quickly to have like Lyle and Ursula going on this like quote unquote safari, colonial mm-hmm. safari, right? Yeah. But then you have these trail guides who are so quick-witted and, and self-aware, like, of self-aware of like, yes, of like, oh, these stupid white people came here, and I guess we'll take them on this trail. And right. also, my camera is nicer than yours. Like, oh, yeah, the camera bit. And he's like, here, you can have this camera. And he says something in Swahili, and he's like, what do you say? It's like he said that's nice. It's got a smudge on the lens, but he prefers the Leica, and he has like a very yeah. <laughs> intricate Leica camera. He's like, your lens is dirty. Has the equipment to fix yeah. it? The Leica thirty-five millimeter camera is a good bit. Um, but yeah, they're they're trying to do like an ape sightseeing tour. And because um, Leslie Mann wants to see the apes, so wants to see the apes. Yeah, like what does she do? <laughs> oh, 
we're, we're going to talk about Leslie Mann. This At one movie. point, she says, "I'm going to go to my job," and seemingly she just walks into work and there's a party for her. <laughs> oh, that's right. Um, but we get introduced to the white ape legend. Is that was that is that sort of problematic? The the white ape legend. I don't know. Like I, I didn't it, kept, it didn't catch me off guard. But there was a moment where they were saying, "I'm like." Oh, this is a 97 movie line. Mm. But I don't know. I didn't see too many problematic things with that. Unless if you guys mm-hmm. did. No. So. I think that this movie is smart in the way, because we're talking about the trail guides. Yeah. It's smart in the way it uses those guys to kind of cut down the, uh, yeah. like the unintentional like, yeah. racism it might stumble into. Yeah, that's what Anna was yeah. just saying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so... Uh, we get we get some more. We talked about like the camera bit, and there's like more bits of them at the camp. Uh, we get a little bit of. I love the aerial shots that are like George's POV, just like swinging through and like watching them. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like you would not notice like a dude like swinging. Yeah, right no, like above. no, nope. Eddie hits a tree, but still doesn't see him. Uh, love that. Uh, and I think we're at the part where Ur- Lyle and Ursula go out to the jungle alone. Mm-hmm. Well, first they cross a rickety bridge. Oh, yeah. Because Lyle keeps insisting. He's like, he knows the jungle. Because he's like, yeah. I went to Maui and I crossed a bridge like this. It's not great. Yeah. Uh, but the, uh, they cross a little rickety bridge and Lyle's like, oh, I, these things are sturdy. So he starts shaking it. They throw a man off this poor bridge. <laughs> like one of the trail guys goes flying off the bridge and falls hundreds of feet. And that's, then that's when the narrator has to pause the movie and say, don't worry, no one dies in this movie. They just He's get, fine. They just get really big boo-boos. And then it cuts to camp, and it's a dude with like a little bit of a gauze on his head looking really mad at Lyle. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good bit. And I do like that the lead uh, trail guy is Richard Roundtree, the original Shaft. It's very funny that Shaft is in this movie. I did not know that. There's also a good part where they're like, watch out for that tree. And then it like cuts to Richard Round Tree. This is great, Jeff. This is I just wanted to content. say that that happened. Jeff, yeah. do you know the Shaft theme song? Shaft. Who's the coolest man? I just I was curious if you knew that. He does. It's... Okay. I'm not well, I can't it. question it because I've never seen Shaft. So... Um... Well, you could be singing well, much Anna, like your other. Have, have you not seen Shaft? <laughs> have you not seen Shaft, or have you not seen Shaft? What? Yes. What? <laughs> okay, so there are five Shaft movies. I wanna, it's this yes is, to, this it's is important. Yes to all of them. This is important. There are five Shaft movies. Three of them are just named Shaft, and they are all part of the same story. Mm-mm. Like Shaft One, Shaft Four, and Shaft Five are all just called Shaft. So if you said, "Hey, do you want to see Shaft?" I you wouldn't. Have to, you like, have to be very specific. You have to be very specific about which shaft. Insane but you year. can't say like Shaft Five because that's not what it's called. You have to be like it's Shaft, shaft Year it was made. Right. Because yes. there's there's Shaft, and then it's a Shaft in Africa, and then I cannot remember what Shaft Three is called, but then it is 2000 Shaft where Sam Jackson plays the nephew of the OG Shaft, and the real Shaft pops up at the end. And then there's Shaft 2019. 2019? 2019. 2019. Which is about Jesse T. Usher as the son of Sam Jackson Shaft. And the OG Shaft is also in the movie. There's three different Shafts in this movie. (laughs) 
Like, there's three shafts in that this movie. That should have been shaft three. There's five <laughs> shaft movies. Three of them are named shaft with three separate shafts. It's a really my, my convoluted. Head is starting to hurt. Uh, I just really wanted to get that to, to discuss this. I could tell. Yeah. Um, but they're out in the jungle alone <laughs> looking for the ape or the white ape. And that's when we they get approached by a lion. Um, just approached. Just approached. The lion isn't being... He comes up and he's like, hey, what's up? <laughs> he's just like, hey, how you doing, guys? He goes guys? Up like, hey, you want to buy some watches? <laughs> <laughs> he opens up his pelt. He's like, get back, get back. Quick, Lyle quickly trips and gets knocked out. He does that a lot in this movie. <laughs> trips and gets knocked yeah. out. Uh, and then I wrote it down. 11 minutes and 10 seconds. We're 11 minutes and 10 seconds in the movie. Before we see George. <laughs> Before... Brendan Fraser, George Woo! of the Jungle, appears. I wrote in all caps, he's hot. <laughs> he's... I mean, I think we know yes. what my reaction was at um, six years old. I think, Jeff, it's your it's your phrase that you normally say when you say this, but George is not a snack in this movie. Oh, he's the full course. <laughs> full full meal. He's the full meal. <laughs> the... The tan on this man. Oh my god! Very fake, but um, <laughs> it it still works. Yeah, and the hair. <laughs> Cue the hair ranking music now. George, George, George of the jungle, strong as he can be. Oh, watch out for that tree. George of the jungle lives a life that's free. Watch out for that tree. It's like the perfect beach wave. Oh my lord. It's got volume. Let's bring up the list. I got it, I got it. Uh, well, I don't need the list. Put it in number fucking one. Whoa! <laughs> it's going number one, okay? Have I... you guys been ranking his hair? Yes. We have a yeah, whole... Yeah, it's number one. It's number one. I it's, don't even it... have to think about it. Not even a question. It's number one. Like... Mrs. Winterborn and then still breathing. Still breathing, he had pretty good still hair. Still breathing's number one right now. Although he, Airhead's pretty good hair. But that's not I don't think that's his real hair. It's not real hair. It's totally a wig. And so I, I kinda dock it for that. Here's what we got right now. And George of the Jungle still breathing. Oh <laughs> There's two Mrs. Winterborn rankings. Still breathing the horniest. Because I've ever he plays a twin mic. in the movie. I, I put this thing fully around my, in my mouth. Mm. Yeah, so George's Jungle, absolutely number one hair, absolutely it's so good, and it's real. Yeah, it's absolutely his own hair. Fraser, what, what vitamins was he taking? He's got the flow. Brendan, what were they? I can only dream of trying to have the flow Fraser gets. I will never get there. I will never... get, let's get you a sea salt spray. A sea salt spray. A sea salt spray. Is that what it is? A sea salt spray. Okay. All right, Siri. Let's get you a sea salt spray. Georgia's sea salt spray is just the jungle. Check back in in a few episodes when we tried sea salt sprays. Yes. Uh, quickly, like th this was like where we talked about this earlier. How like the practical effects sort of make a comedic jump in this movie because it is a real lion that they're filming and they're doing it the standard Hollywood way of like there's no actors nearby this lion. They're filming it clean and then filming their POVs of the lion clean. Uh, but then when George and the lion fight, it cuts to like puppetry, uh, like a fake stuffed lion. Just imagine, imagining a PA, just sad PA throwing this puppet <laughs> at Brandon Fraser during the take. <laughs> just like, and action, lion, 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 lion. And just like throwing a lion at Brandon ah. Fraser. 
He's like, I think you need to throw a little bit higher because like the lion's leaping on him. Let's get that PA a ladder. That's safe, right? You'll be fine. You'll be fine. This is a big stuffed this lion. This fight is so funny. It's very funny. But I also real I like that this show or this movie continues to use the cartoon sound effects. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like it's G-doing, like doing like doing boop. Anytime he gets his head hit and he shakes his Yeah. And then he spins the line like a basketball. He's like And he's got the best like cartoon smile with everything. It's so prominent in the movie when he's just like, Yeah, George, like this is George fight line. George do this. George do this. And then he like throws the line, he does like a wrestling move on it. There's a moment where I think we already you already kind of said it, but I like the fake paw just kind of like comes into frame and it's like boop. <laughs> and I thought of um, in Hocus Pocus, they do the same thing where like the cat is clearly fake. And at one point he's like, how could you do that? You fool. And he slaps one of the characters with his paw. That's just like, boop. And I'm like, oh, so we just did a big cat now with a little. Yes. Slap. Nice little puppet cat slap. I mean, the thing is immediately you're getting that Fraser is so locked in to oh the idea God. of this movie. Like, there's actors who, given a role like this, would try and, you know, I'm trying to think of the correct wording to say, but Fraser plays this with such integrity yeah, mm-hmm. um, to just fully let himself go. Well, because you also have to fall in love with George. Yes. So if you, like, overdo it and yeah. it's all physical comedy and it's all, like, jokes, then that's the end. Right. But, like, he has the integrity to just let himself be the character and do whatever the story demands for him to, like, accomplish the comedic goals of this movie or whatever he needs to do. Like, there's some actors who wouldn't be willing to kind of look as much like a doofus in this movie as like he does. Travolta. Yeah, like, you know, there's a lot of actors who... And actors, obviously, usually have egos. Pretty big egos. And they don't want to be seen to be the fool. Fraser, very willing to let himself be seen the fool. Yeah. In basically all of his movies that we've covered. This one, especially, like... He's willing to basically be dumb, crash into trees, um, be a total farce, and still be a hero at the end of the movie. Yeah. And I think that's that's cool. Because it all feels so genuine. Yes. Yeah. He, he plays the characters with such a genuine sincerity. Adam. And you get that right away. Yes, Stuart. Lion fight. Brendan. Where, you, where are you at with this? Um one of the things that struck me first was that he knew the names of the wrestling moves he was using on the lion <laughs> and he's been isolated in the jungle um, <laughs> yes. um, I'm really interested to get like Adam's like deep philosophical take on this movie uh, yeah I was hoping you guys wouldn't ask me about that <laughs> <laughs> well gear up phenomenon We're... like you know you just kind of set yourself up like if Fraser like did Encino Man and he's now like stamped as like the comedic like actor your performance of Phenomenon stamped you as our philosophical guest. So give the people what they want, Adam, and have something prepped and ready because we are going to come back to you on this Okay, come back to me. (laughs) He's just going to be over there like reading. (laughs) Emmanuel Kant. We're we're going to be looking. He's like reading Nietzsche in the corner. He's like, I don't know how this relates, guys. Uh Um, But then... So he mm-hmm. takes care of the lion, and then Ursula faints, a thing that she does a lot in this movie. <laughs> she does pass out a lot. Uh, Leslie Mann. Let's, let's sidebar into Leslie Mann for a second. What <sighs> do we think about her in this movie? <sighs> I think that, uh, yeah, she's a, she's a babe. I don't think that like Hollywood had realized how funny she is yet. 
And yeah. I think that she was just used as like a damsel. She has moments, but I don't think like they realized how good she could be. I, I agree. And I think there's there's not enough call to attention on the damsel in distress bit because there are some, but I don't think there's enough. There's one bit at the very end when Ursula is like, my hero. And then she breaks the fourth wall. Did I really just say that? And like, I think we could have used like a couple more bits of that because like I kind of forget that the, this movie is self-aware in terms of her character. I forget that a little bit. And sometimes it is just like, oh, like she is just the damsel in distress. She is not written as funny as Leslie Mann is playing her as funny. Correct. Because Leslie Mann, very funny actress. Yeah. She's very good. And I think she's fine in this movie. The problem is she's written like a damsel and Leslie Mann is just taking that running with it as a comedic actress. Yeah. And spicing up a lot of lines that weren't intentionally written to be funny. Yeah. Like, just her delivery of, like, basic dialogue and, like, in coverage is funny. Yeah. Like, like he'll just look at her and she'll be like, oh, I didn't know about that. And, like, <laughs> I, that was a bad example. But, like, she just has a way of making every line read in a funny, awkward way. Yeah. And I think the mismatch of the script and her performance doesn't do her any favors. Uh, because at times you can be like, this is a weird energy she has that maybe isn't fitting with this scene. But I commend her for trying. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard because mm-hmm. it's like George is written and also played so yeah. well that like you as the audience member are like, <sighs> you know, like yeah. you get what Ursula is feeling. But then on, on the reverse, you're sort of like, this is the, I get it. This is like the first woman you've ever met, but you're like, her (laughs) (laughs) okay like she's beautiful and everything but i think like we said there's just not a lot of depth to that character and Mm -hmm. leslie mann does as much as she can with it yeah but there's just not a whole lot there there. yeah Mm -hmm. i mean she's engaged to this guy lyle for for what reason familial like her parents obligations arranged marriage yeah to improve fiscal standing which is a good they reason. Both see, they already seem very rich. <laughs> they already seem very rich. What does yeah, he have to true. offer her? We're not going to just let Adam drop that one bit <laughs> and get away with it. <laughs> good reason. Good reason. I mean, yeah. Why work when you can get married? Anyway, I think Adam you know, just convinced. Well, Anna's sold. <laughs> I've, been, I've been trying to be a trophy wife for years, but no one's, you know. Same. <laughs> We're all trying. Yeah. Um, I, I think this is where we transition to the tree house, which is where I think you said $55 million. Well, 55 million is the whole jungle. I, I yeah, I think a lot of it. 35 million is definitely yeah. that fucking tree house. Yeah. Which is built it's out got a husk elevator. of a plane. It's got an elevator. It's got running water. Like it is a decked out. Tree it has like house. a full kitchen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, part of me wonders, it's like, I know, it's very sad to think that they just, like, tore it all down at yeah. rap. Oh, no, they definitely did. But That's exactly what happened. God almighty. Like, imagine, like, a kid's show looking for a set. And they're just like, we just need, like, something that doesn't cost a lot of money, something that's already built. Wait a minute. And this is 1997. It's like, didn't George just rap production? I'm like, well, actually, they're two days away from it. Okay, call them right now. Tell them not to burn down the treehouse. We're using that treehouse. I like that you think that they would just, like, set it ablaze. <laughs> like, All right, guys. They send in, like, the props for a flame. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this treehouse is decked out. Oh, my God. And also, 
again, I know we have to suspend a lot of like reality um, for the purpose of enjoying the plot of the movie, but it's like, where did all the linens come from? That's you what I was about to ask. You cannot assume that all of this was just on the plane. Mm-hmm. Did he go like? Did he do a shopping spree? Ape, like, is, Ape is wearing an apron. <laughs> there are dish towels, okay? Anna, There's blankets. Anna, please, please. He's wearing an apron. <laughs> I think you guys are going to have to do the rest of this episode. <laughs> well, I mean, I kind of assume that... Uh, sorry, I was looking at my fish. Um, I kind of assume that because everyone like parachuted out of the plane is the idea... Right? Um, oh, George is coming. No, I'm kidding. Um, everyone parachute out of the plane, but he's trapped on the plane, is the idea. Because you see all of them, like, in the little cartoon at the beginning outside the plane. Yeah. So I think George basically took all the luggage for a ride. Well, no, in the beginning, he's like swinging from his parachute in the tree. Oh, is that what happens? Yeah. Okay, so he gets parachuted. So take it back. I take it back. Maybe they all left their luggage on the plane. It's the it really is the linens for me that bugs but me it, the most. I get luggage, but like, are you taking an apron with you on a trip? I mean, yeah. are you sewing all those blankets together? You like, taking dish towels? You got pillowcases on well, the pillows. Clearly, clearly, he's living the castaway life. And like I Tom one Hanks. can assume does he have a mattress? It has to. It looks like a mattress. It looks like a circular mattress that Leslie Mann sleeps on a lot because she's fainting right. a lot every mm-hmm. other scene in this movie I mean yeah. I will say there's a moment too where I think she kind of I don't know if it was an intentional thing but when you know she first meets our talking ape yes and she faints and then she wakes up again and she's talking to him and she's like okay I'm gonna I'm faint gonna again, pass again. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like oh okay a little bit of self-awareness yeah <laughs> um, and yeah that's where we get the intro to ape John Cleese I really just want to call him John Cleese. <laughs> yeah. Just didn't do. He's like, oh, yes, I'm an ape, but not. And then she starts screaming. It's like, did the ape just talk? And I'm like, oh, well, sorry. <laughs> yes, I did talk, didn't I? And he's like, I could see my talking around her upsets her, so I shall not be talking around her that much. This is the age of John Cleese just popping up in everything. Oh, my God. This is like that period where it's like, if you're like you watch a thing, John Cleese probably going to be in it. I think it was like just in like one of the Jungle Book movies before. He was. This. He was in the Jungle Book, and then he, which is the like the live a- like the live action Jungle Book that everyone forgets about from 1995 or whenever. What directed by Steven Sommers. Mm-hmm. Yes, yep. it went on to yes. the Mummy right afterward. Yep. It's crazy. John Cleese in that movie. What is he's that in cast? He's in this. He does the first two Harry Potters, and then he does two Bond movies at this time playing Q. I mean, make your money. Like, for like mm-hmm. five years, John Cleese just kind of omnipresent in Hollywood movies, and then he just like goes back to doing what he was doing. Yeah. I mean, I sort of love when actors uh, admit that, like, when someone's like, you know, later on, it's like, well, why'd you do that movie? And they're like, a paycheck. The the <laughs> ultimate example, Michael Caine in Jaws 4, <laughs> where he's like, I have not seen, he said, I have not seen the movie, though I've heard it's terrible, but I've seen the house that it built. And it's terrific. <laughs> uh, one thing that I I guess I didn't really think about is what landscape are they in where it, there's apes, elephants, and lions all living in the same jungle habitat? That's just the jungle. George brought them Af- together. George, uh, jung- African jungle, clearly. Yeah. Oh, you not lions atten- are in the Sahara Plains. Did you not pay attention to the beginning of this movie? Well, And it's an when- Indian elephant, by the way. 
Yeah. It's not an African have, have elephant, which is also African the same thing. got lost. Stuart, are you saying that Disney would generalize jungles? Are you saying you're an expert on African, you know? Disney Disney would whatever. never do Folks, that. starting today, I'm going to open a GoFundMe for all of our listeners. We're going to send Stuart to Africa so we can get to the bottom of this shit. <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> if, if it's through Disney, our sponsor, just at least Animal Kingdom. Yeah. Where they think oh, yeah. all on of these people... Note, Please make sure to visit Disney's Animal Kingdom, available in Orlando, Florida, with a new edition, Avatar, new. the World of Pandora. I've been there. Um, it's not hard, It's not easy for me to admit that I've been to Disney World. Um, please don't call me a Disney adult. It's not what I am. I went there. It's a fun place. My will. It's a good it's, time. Yeah, it's fun. But uh, Did you go on the Avatar ride? I did. Uh, I, it was Were a you... lot for my senses. <laughs> <laughs> well, admittedly... Uh, I was on a thing, a substance, and uh, getting on that ride, I was like, oh, no, I made a terrible mistake. <laughs> because also, the entire queue, the, the waiting line that yeah. curves through, you know, until you get to the ride. Oh, my God. Is decked out with, like, everything from the movie, um, which when I went to Disney World, I had not seen the movie in, like, years so it's like oh okay sure it's like sigourney weaver talking at me <laughs> but yeah the ride so all, all, of, all of this build up is horrible and then i get to the ride and you have to basically straddle it <laughs> and i was you like do, oh. you do board it like it's a creature you i've been on the board it like a creature like, and then it tilts like, forward it tilts you, forward you have to sit on it like this it tilts forward and then the whole screen you're like Bleh. it was the talking sigourney weaver for me <laughs> she just at every point her voice is there and it's like very dark and like jungly so it's not wet but also there's moisture so it's, just, it's really bad there's a bunch of blue people <laughs> no thank god they do have them like in what those weird water bath yeah. tubs thing i didn't like it Go visit Avatar, World of Pandora, Disney's Animal Kingdom, Ride Flight of Passage. And check out Avatar, The Way of Water, available in your local multiplex today. So eventually, when Ursula comes to, we get more George exposition. We see Shep, yes. which is his dog, which is an Indian elephant, <laughs> which I've already made my grievances so far about an Indian elephant being in Africa, but we won't talk about that. It's fine. They're right next to each other. I mean... Uh, are they right? Still think they're right separated from an ocean <laughs> in a big giant landmass. I land mean, mass. it's like here and here. <laughs> Is that to scale? It's close enough. Okay. <laughs> um, he got lost. You... But, but yes, he has a pet elephant. He's like, hey, he walked into like the Saudi Arabia and was just like, hey, you seen any elephants around there? I don't think there's some over there. And he, and he well, and he meant to go this way to India, but he went that way to Africa. There is a short film sequel to George in the Jungle. There isn't. I'm just saying there should be one where it's a 10-minute sequence like Up, but instead of Up, it's George finding Shep as a baby elephant. Would watch. Yeah, would watch <laughs> like, a, like the little short they do before they sh used to show a Pixar movie. Or yeah. No, do I just mean like that? I imagine like, like the beginning of Up mm -hmm. with... Uh, Ferguson and his wife but it's, I, I, I would not like to picture instead that instead right of that now. 10 minute one it's George as a young like child learning how to live in the jungle finding a baby elephant who's also alone wow and coming together you can't do you want four people to cry here today and it's just him and like the baby elephant playing together oh yeah they find a little tree house 
Sorry. So we learn how Lord you know he cry. speaks English. Yeah, yeah. The elephant teaches him things. Yeah, it's mm. great. Did you make a sequel to Up called Down? That's about Carl Fredrickson going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> He's dead. <laughs> I mean, it's about it starts with being lowered ground. <laughs> and you just see Russell crying. Russell crying at the grave. Doug the dog. <laughs> And then, and that's when he's 18 years old. And the next day he goes to college and meets Andy and Riley from Inside Out. Sorry, I just throwing that in there. If there was a Pixar movie that brought Russell, Andy, and Riley all together. Whew, all right. You'd be in? I'd be in. Fucking in. Well, clearly you can't because Andy died in a horrific car accident. So. Moving on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, then there's a little bit of stuff where they're searching for Lyle. Uh, the monkey scene. The monkey yeah. scene was very cute. I like that you one. Love, you love a good monkey. It's like the monkey is uh, named Monkey, just little monkey, not having a good time with her with oh, her yeah, pals. I got, I got one thing I want to talk about before we get to the monkeys. What do you want to talk about? The While she's passed out in the bed, he comes up and he licks her. Oh yeah, because he tells ape, Ooh. and he's it's like, strange looking he's fella. like, I feel things I haven't felt before, and I'm like, yeah, you're mad horny, bro, <laughs> like. Like clearly, he's like he's feeling something in the nether he regions. Like, he like when she faints, he looks under her shirt and yeah. he's like, "Wait a second. Wait a minute. He's like, "What are these?" And Ape's like, "It's a woman." He's like, "What's that?" Those are breasts, my dear. <laughs> <laughs> we Col- all have them. <laughs> Colloquially called tits. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I also think as an adult watching this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot more as an adult where you're like, oh, this is this is not a kid's movie. Yeah, he's really thirsty. Yeah. And then and also, she gets very thirsty too. They both get thirsty very quickly. Yes. Also as an adult watching it, you know, I'm like, he's hot and he's a homeowner. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> oh my gosh. He's also like part of the neighborhood watch. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> takes care of his community. He has like a family plan for bongo groups. Yep. <laughs> man. Uh, man. Um, but yeah, the monkeys. Yeah, the monkey. It, just a little scene. Yeah, with the monkey. George and Ursula like helping the little monkey away. try to make friends. Not Great monkey acting, by the way. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. This a real mon- monkey. A real monkey doing some wonderful performance. Holy he is cow. He's a good guy. It's a good acting monkey. Yeah, the monkey's just like. The monkey should have hosted the 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 twenty uh, the nineteen ninety eight Academy Awards. Yeah, should have. He should have. I agree. didn't. I'm sure Peter would have something. Man, what what is that. the deal? Like, what is the structure Peter. of this monkey scene? There's like the one monkey who has to scare off the lion. No, so it's like the monkey isn't getting playing with the other monkeys because they're rejecting him. Okay, and so George with Ursula is like trying to help the monkey out and be like, "Go on, like you can do it." And so the monkey, oh yeah, there is the lion portion of it where like all the monkeys don't want to play with little monkey and the lion shows up and then the monkey does like, Aah! like the, the Tarzan like thing. And then the, the lion's like, nah, and then goes away. And then there's a little thing with George and the lion where they wink at each other because they got a little thing going on. Yeah. He got the lion to come and attempt to attack the monkeys to like yeah. boost up our friend. And then all the... Which leads to the question earlier when the lion tried to attack... Ursula and Lyle. Did George? Did George like set it up because he was thirsting for he that Leslie saw, man? He saw Lyle and Ursula and like, 
hide your kids, hide your wife. Because I'm releasing this lion on you guys. <laughs> um, and then, I mean, a lot of this other stuff forward is just more George and Ursula business of yeah. like them being in the jungle together, learning more about each other. There's a little bit about George and Ape's mating ritual thing where it's like, you're going to tuck your lips in and like spread your cheeks out, show your top teeth. And it's like trying to teach him how to like, like, you know, yeah. it's like, our, he, I think George is a great like, Ape, how do I make Ursula my mate? <laughs> Just like, yeah. oh, you want to woo her, do you? I wrote in my notes at that point, George wants to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he, he goes from being like, I think I like her to how would I make her my mate? <laughs> um, he doesn't succeed at first. I mean, she's in, but she then he, yeah. he throws the leaves. Yeah. Did he, you throw the leaves? He throws the leaves. Right. And he like does the whole ape mini ritual and she's like, I better get, get out of here. Yeah. It's like the opening scene of barbarian. Yeah. It's mm. like, I don't know if this guy's right. At this point in my notes, I wrote two cans be crazy. Oh my God. Tukey, tukey. Tukey, tukey. I think it's mostly, I was really transfixed by, you know, you always forget about toucans and like how they're like this much body and then there's like this much beak. It's crazy. That was like, definitely. Do you always if, forget that? It would be the equivalent of if my lips went out to like here. Yeah, it's a beak, Jeff. But so big. No other birds have like that big of a beak. In comparison to the rest of their bodies. I'm going to the yeah. internet for that one. Leave, leave Tookie alone. <laughs> no, it's cool. He's very so conscious it's cr- it's about crazy his crazy that like half like half their body is just their beak. Doesn't like people talking like a... about his beak. No, that's not right. <laughs> uh, there's a cute scene where George and Ursula dance. Well, first they go to the water hole. The big and expensive water hole set that the, uh, the oh. narrator says. Yeah. I want to acknowledge it because the narrator makes a point of saying, here we are at this big and expensive water hole set. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Mr. Boombastic starts playing. Yes. It's really strange. You're just, you're just like, they're just like hanging out the shadow. And you just start, Mr. Lava Lava. <laughs> Mr. Lava Lava. And then that's, I think. They call me Mr. Boombastic, Mr. Fantastic. And I don't know the rest of the lyrics after that. Tell me this movie was made in the 90s without telling me this movie was made in the it 90s. It has Mr. Boombastic in it. Um, but yeah, that, that's when we get to the mating ritual, I think, where George yes. tries to woo Ursula. But then, but then there's a there's a cute dance that George and Ursula do. I wrote dancing kind of transcendent, very transcendent. I wrote the down, dancing kind of the best part of the movie. I wrote down this is so cute. The whole movie could be like this. <laughs> yeah, this like that scene's so good. It's very good. It plays that, but it plays it very me. softly. Yeah, both times that it's played, it feels like there's like a sound imbalance. Yeah, but I, I I'm very charmed. Very charmed, Adam. How'd you feel about this dance scene? Um, I don't. I don't. I somehow like blocked it out. (laughs) I think when dancing happens on screen, I just start looking away. And I'm sorry, (laughs) it didn't charm me, Stuart. Were you feeling at this point in the movie? What was I feeling at this point in the movie? I just wanted this. Like I don't know. I was. I really liked the monkeys, Mm. and I think I was just thinking about monkeys. Yes. Um. So you you had. When was the last time you saw this movie prior to this? Uh. uh, I remember um, sitting on the floor cross-legged um, in front of a TV that was as big as I was. Okay. Um, so it's been a long time. Okay. So that that's what I'm curious about with your n- new ver like watching this movie again. Oh, watching it How again? does it compare to the expectations and memories you had? Um, like at this point, what do you, are you like at this point like, what did I see in this? Are you like, oh. I, I was just surprised how everything I saw 
I'm like, oh wait, I didn't forget that. Um, <laughs> I like this is just a clear memory that's just been lingering and is now brought back. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was. It was. Uh, I can't describe it. Uh, <laughs> come back to me on that. <laughs> Adam having an existential crisis <laughs> yeah. over here about George of the Jungle. Well, we asked him to think about something. I think he's just been. He's got to. You got to do a philosophical thesis on this movie. Yeah, yeah. The episode. Unfortunately, <laughs> I think the next bit is where it's probably my favorite joke in the movie because it's where Lyle is with all the, like the the, the guides. And he's like filling the minutes like, oh, like I was like beat up by this ape man and like, you know, a few lions came out and like got me and I, I would have gotten them, but I was outnumbered. And they're all like poking holes. It's like, oh, wait, so first it was one lion. Now it's two lions. It's like, what, what's going on here? And then he's like, well, like, you know, like I, I, I would have totally taken care of it. And then he trips and he like lands on elephant poop. Perfect um, comedy. But then one of the guides breaks the fourth wall, looks at the camera, it's like, this is the part where we're going to throw our heads back and start laughing. Ready? We know Three. what he says first. He says, man trips into a pile of dung. Perfect evidence of physical comedy. Now, now this is the part where we are going to throw our heads back and laugh. Ready? Ha ha And the camera does like a snap zoom back. And we just get all three of them. Ha ha ha. I cackled at that It's point. an excellent joke. It's so this, funny. This movie is camp. Oh, yeah. Yes. Like a thousand percent. In the sense that like both you watch this movie at camp and it is also camp B. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love that bit. Yeah, I took my VHS to camp and I was like, ladies, I have something to show you. (laughs) You're going (laughs) to love it. That's kind of the start of the sexual revolution. It's just showing this movie to everybody. This particular movie, yeah. (laughs) Or just showing anything that you've discovered at camp. Mm. You're away from your parents. It's a little crazy. You're all in your bunk beds and you're like, I snuck something in. It's George of the Jungle. <laughs> <laughs> Get it out. And There's like, the, the one kid who brings George of the Jungle too, and it's probably ugh. it's like ugh, boo. Get out of here. He has to sleep in the rain that night. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then this is where Lyle and his gang find George yeah. and Ursula, and Lyle takes a gun that he thinks is a lighter gun. Yeah, like it's just a lighter, but which he teased at the beat of the movie, but then it's an actual gun. Yes. And there's also two poachers who are with him who are trying yes. to get an ape. Yeah. We haven't even mentioned them. They're not that important, but we should just mention that they're there. Right. They just see the talking ape, and they're like, we're going to make a fortune off of this place. Yeah. <laughs> um, from the lawyer from Jurassic yeah. Park. They remind me of, like, the the dog catchers in 101 Dalmatians. Yes. Like, they're just... Yes. It's Jeeps. just two characters who, like, hate each other, but it work, like they're always like, you're so dumb. No, you're so dumb. Right. Jasper and Jeeves? Is that the guy? Something in? like that. Bunch of one Dalmatians? Maybe, yeah. Uh, and so then a little a fight breaks out. George is like beaten. There's like a fun thing where like he's punching one guy and he brings his elbow back and he elbows the other guy. And it happens like for 20 seconds yeah. in the movie. Like, choo, 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 choo. That's really, really good, funny comedy. Uh, but a whole fight breaks out. Lyle pulls the gun that he thinks is a lighter and shoots George. It's like, George! No. And then the movie cuts to black. The credits come up, and you get a sad <laughs> version of the George of the Jungle. Like, <laughs> or you get directed by Sam Weisman. George, George of the Jungle. Watch we out. We will remember you. It's Watch out for that bullet. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sad version of Dela. <laughs> it's acoustic. There's like a, a chorus behind. Oh, no. 
It's just, hey there, George of the Jungle, what's it like? In <laughs> George was of the jungle. <laughs> was George, of formerly of the jungle. Yeah. Uh, it ends with the post credits come up of his grave. Yeah. <laughs> no. Good God. But no, all, the narrator like, does the say, The apes are no playing sad dies. bongos, like... And then all, all the, the pirates in, like, the swampland are very sad. And then Tia Dalma's like, you need to... You need a captain to go and get George from the jungle. Oh my jungle. god, where am I bringing this is dead man's <laughs> chest? Coming back There's down. no connection. Is here. Mighty Joe Young? <laughs> no. No. So, what's become of my George? <laughs> Cut to black. Another movie I had on VHS. Mm-hmm. That showed up in the suggested section when I was done with George of the Jungle. <laughs> As like, it should. Mighty Joe Young. What a super fucking underrated movie. Um, Bill... Paul Paxton. Bill Paxton. Oh my god. Uh, and R. Charlize Theron. Man. Still getting a little thirsty over mm. there. I, <laughs> Bill Paxton, Charlize Theron, and, jo- and Mighty Joe Young. I I'm think he's just, thirsty for the eight. I'm, I'm just, <laughs> for Joe Young. Mighty Joe. Young. <laughs> Mighty Joe. <laughs> anyway. Uh, no, we cut to a plane. Yes. With... Uh, George and uh, George is like asleep on the plane, and Ursula's like, "Don't worry, I'm gonna." Oh, th- there's a funny bit. And is like, "And Ursula takes George back to America for the best medical treatment." And Ursula's like, "I'm gonna take you back to America to get the best medical treatment." And then kisses him on the forehead, <laughs> and then they go to San Francisco, and we figure out that Lyle was put in prison. Yes, there's a little lineup scene where it's just like a bunch of dudes, and then yeah, poor little that, Lyle. Like, there. Clearly, don't look like Lyle, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I do not forget a face, and that man fell an elephant poop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the poachers... They get, just, re- they get deported, they get depo- but they end up just staying for some reason. Yeah, I was really not lost quite on explained. that whole bit. Uh, so the poachers said they're going to go get uh, Ape. Yeah. going to go get John Cleese. going to go get John Cleese. Um, it's their whole people. And then I think this is the less engaging half of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. When he with his when it's George in San Francisco, yeah. like all the stuff in the jungle is great, and when he gets to San Francisco, kind of like I'm like, okay, some of this is fun. That's why I was like, it so much happens, but it does feel like long because when we yeah. get to this part, this half of this back half of the movie kind of drags. Yes, yeah, because like the notes, I only have like a small section of notes written yeah. about this bit, and then it gets right back to the jungle, and I'll just like read them off real quick. It's showered George. Shopping scene, mm-hmm. Armani, mm-hmm. Ursula's mother, quote, jazzed on Java. Yes. That was a really good bit. Uh, and then it's the Golden Gate Bridge, or not the Golden Gate, the Bay Bridge scene. Because all, all, basically all the bits during this are like the fish out of water comedy, like bits yeah. you've seen before. Yeah. It's like, he tries on modern clothing. Yeah. Which I, I, it's literally just Encino Man at this point. When he does put on the Armani suit, I'm like, oh, oh he's man. looking like, a, he's looking like a meal. That's interesting because for me, it's when he puts on the dress <laughs> um, because I watched this this morning again with like notes. But when I watched it, I watched it with my friend and both of us were like, he is pulling off that dress. He is. And he it's like gender norms, gender roles. He doesn't. I'm like, good, good on you. Because they literally call 
Ursula out. The narrator does. Yeah. He yeah, calls like, her a conservative, like conservative gender oh, roles yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> like she has to get him changed because God forbid he wears a dress. Right. Mm-hmm. And early in the movie, George mm-hmm. is like, there's no people. So George don't get embarrassed. Yeah. Like what is embarrassed? And so George just doesn't feel anything wrong with wearing a dress, mm-hmm. which is and, very And he shouldn't. With, yeah. Have you seen him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In Bren- that dress? And I think it's another thing about, you know, Brendan's like willingness to give himself to the story is that he's willing to wear a dress. Yeah. What do you think about that, Adam? What I mean, you you said it all very well. He he wears dress. You looks like him good. in the dress. What you like him in the dress? He's fine. Looks fine in the dress. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I like him in the loincloth. Um, the loincloth does show more. Mm-hmm. Well, I did get jealous of him in the loincloth. Actually, <laughs> I was I, like, we cannot. I, keep I did. Yeah. I uh, I just I did feel angry. Um, <laughs> for a lot of this movie because I don't I like it's just too hard to get that physique and yeah, I, you can I ask want it. Our good boy Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I saw a review of this movie that said the only thing more refined than his abs in this movie is his comedic timing. Mm. Yeah. Uh I mean like there's a few other smaller bits, but I think the next big thing that I have is the Bay Bridge scene. Unless if anyone else has a bit in between. I mean there's a bit with Ursula's mother. Mm. I mean, I like that like George is at home and he's so innocent in so many ways and he's watching that commercial and he's like, George, make Ursula coffee. Right. Ursula love George. And I'm like, you're not far off. Yeah, I'm not Laurent. Women do love coffee. Mm-hmm. Also, he's wearing a t-shirt and basketball shorts. And I don't know why I got like really enamored by that. Just I, the dress was fine. But it's something about like Brendan Fraser and like the physique that he is with long hair just sitting on a couch like scooping like cups of coffee into his mouth yeah. with basketball shorts and a t-shirt I'm like yes Very one relatable. of us <laughs> I do also want to point out the scene where we get confirmation that George is hung <laughs> yes yeah Betsy our, he does, our Betsy. best our bestie <laughs> bestie Betsy yes um again meant for adults yeah he comes out of the shower and he's wearing nothing we get the classic like belly button up shot and then the shot between the legs mm-hmm. showing you everything we can without you know getting the R rating and uh, Betsy is like it's big I guess well, yeah, she's mm-hmm. like that's why he's the, the king, king of, of the, the jungle, jungle. yes yep. <clears throat> and we got confirmation George is just like he's packing heat George is hung <laughs> Lyle <laughs> got that little pistol but George is packing heat <laughs> yes, he is. lighter pistol uh so then, yeah, it's it's the new scene when he, it's like, it's such a great day out. You must get outside. And George's like, me? And the weatherman breaks fourth wall. Yes, you, George, go. And so he runs outside and does his own little George thing. Mm-hmm. And then it's the Bay Bridge scene. Yeah. Where he scales the Bay Bridge. Yeah. Does he see the guy? No, he scales the Bay Bridge for the hell of it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he sees the guy? Yeah. Then he sees the parachuter who got tangled. Yeah. Which what a fucking dumbass. <laughs> where where was he trying to go? <laughs> like I know you have little control falling from the sky, but with the parachute you have at least a little bit of control. What the fuck was that? To meant? not aim for the Bay Bridge. Right. There's a lot of other things you could land on. The water. The water. The land. Anywhere. You said you're like right into the Oh no. <laughs> this co- this was totally unexpected. And he's like, Oh get me out of here. And you know who we got to talk about? The speed at which Ursula gets there. Yeah, onto she, the boat? Yeah, because she's... Yes. A, it's on his schedule. She's like a work party. Yeah. And with her dad, who's like, oh, I'm so excited to meet Ly- to see Lyle again. 
And then and she, she looks at the TV and she sees George. She's like, George! And she's like, next thing you know, she's on a boat. Already there. Already there. Yeah. And uh, he like swings down to her and they kiss. And that's how her parents find out that she's seeing a, a jungle man. Do they kiss? They, they don't kiss. kiss. Oh, I they thought, hug. I the they, they hug. They just hug. Same thing but he lands Joe. right exactly where she is. And then they just both, from his parachute, pop up. And she's like, George! <laughs> You're like, what? Uh yeah, and that's when Ursula, or not Ursula, Ursula's mom tells George to leave. Also, we haven't been like saying that we've been. There's been cut back and forth to the poachers trying to get the John Cleese ape. Yeah, I think at this point that's this is when there's a scene where they finally they tranquilize uh, ape, and the ape's like trying to like crawl away, and it goes to like Tuki, and he's like, "Get George," and then he's like. All right, you're he coming cast, with he us. He casts Animal Messenger. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, you're gonna bring D and D things into this podcast no, now, man. Leave leave that on the table. All right, leave that on the on the table. All right. Okay. Uh, but yes, he does cast Animal Messenger on Tuki, and Tuki like Tuki Tuki, and then flies. And it is the classic Indiana Jones map scene where you just see Tuki like fly across the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> Would have loved it if it's like you just see like a building and it's like. <laughs> Drops dead. Drops back, and it's just George like eating ice cream with Ursula. We never hear about it ever again. Ape never gets rescued. But no, Tuki does show up. Tuki does show he up. He tells George, trouble in the jungle. Before we move on, though, I think you all are forgetting the best scene, and it's the horse scene. Oh, yes. Oh, we skipped around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because, again, I'm going to admit something. I was a horse girl. <gasps> I know it's it's not easy for me to talk about, <laughs> but that scene took a lot of things and put them right right in place with me. Anna is clasping her hands Just, together. Oh. <laughs> um, and I am those women. They're like, he's got a sensual intelligence, and I was like, from now on, I'm only looking for a man with sensual intelligence. <laughs> and those dudes are so like aloof they're like what's with chicks and horses i'm like no mm, mm, mm. it's the it's a beautiful man with the horse with the horse <laughs> yeah and the horse is a contributing they do it in slow motion too it's like slow motion yeah. he's like running with the he's horse like a he's white wearing like shirt. a white shirt that's like open all the way <laughs> yeah. again his hair oh my is just God. doing things and then he gets real close to the horse and is like petting him and you're like okay so you're sensitive got it add it to the list of things that we love about he loves you. animals oh. I was oh my gosh. watching this with my friend, and when the dude said, what's with chicks and horses, I said, what is with chicks and horses? Do you think you can answer the question? I, I can't. Mm. I can see chicks with dudes riding horses. But the horses themselves. Yeah, what, what is it? Oh, I don't have the answer. I, <laughs> you know, I'm just from Texas, so uh, horses were kind of a built-in Thing. I think you could speak to like a broader sense of like horses from like our earliest ancestral origins was like a symbol of freedom because horse travel was way faster than just like human travel. And so it was a way that you could like go further than you could ever go before. And it enabled you the sense of freedom that we aren't inherently um, inept with. So I think that's something that we all find attractive, uh, both in a emotional, metaphorical sense, but also I think it transcends to a little bit of a romantic sense. Yeah, chicks oh. just want freedom. You can all say I... horses are just big, cool, large muscles, long hair. 
Yeah, see, it's I've fun to brush their hair. Okay? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're cool. Yeah, I hope I can pull something out of my ass as well as Stuart <laughs> just did at Thank the end you. of this episode. Thank you. Stuart <laughs> really just like <laughs> grinding the shit for that one. Uh, and I think Ursula also, there's like a little th- the engagement party that's not really an engagement party because Lyle isn't there. Yeah. And uh, Ursula's mom tells George that he should leave if anything, if he truly cares about. And that's also coincides with the Tookie Tookie telling him about Ape being captured. So all those things combined, George does leave. He cries. He does cry. Ugh. I mean, Brandon Fraser just... I also think that's George's like first interaction with someone like negative, like that, like yeah. that doesn't have good intentions. Like obviously mm. he's met Lyle, but like he, you know, didn't, this is like his first time in his life yeah. being faced with someone who just like lives very differently yeah and just like and is self-aware of oh like you don't like me as sort of a thing mm-hmm. um and so that's where we get the the ups bit is i i love the ups bit because like, the like so we cut back to africa a ups bit pulls a uh, ups truck pulls up to the village and then they unload a box and like coming out of it is george hunched over <laughs> with Tuki folding Tuki. chair he's like Next time, George, get bigger box. <laughs> um, he gets, like, some Air Nikes. Yes. A great Nike ad placement. Oh, my mm-hmm. Lord. I don't know where he gets these Nikes from. Neither I do s- I. I assume he stole them from From the UPS box. truck, yeah. maybe. Uh, also, tight- the most unbelievable part of this movie is that the UPS package got there so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> it literally, it would have transferred the other way because they would by that time, they would have already gotten Ape over to Vegas and George gets to Africa. But no, they're mm-hmm. still on the mountain, <laughs> which I guess they have an explanation for that, though. Yeah. Because they take the false trail. That yeah, just takes they, them loop, in they do a full circle around. Yeah. So I guess there's a kind of an explanation for that, sort of. Uh, and then, yeah, we get the Lord of the Rings, Two Towers, the Fellowship running in the mountains montage. Except it's, Except it's George running in the jungle. And then there's like a boat, like every kind of transportation he's yeah. taken. Yes. He just is like sprinting. Dun, 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 Lion King. So, yeah. running Terminator 2, Judgment Day. It was also the part of the movie where I was like, what was the body oil budget? 55 million? Pretty high. Pretty high. Pretty fucking high. 54 of the 55 million went towards the body oil. And then... So Johnson and Johnson. <laughs> going along parallel with this is when Ursula is talking to her parents about, where did George go? And then Ursula's mom's like, well, I think he left, honey. And it's like, what do you mean? It's like, well, like I talked to George and it's, I said, if, you know, if he truly loved you, like, you know, then he should go away. And it's like, this is not a man that you should be falling in love with. And this was a very interesting bit for me. Because instead of Ursula just like already knowing deep down that she loves George, it's a, wait a minute, what did you say? I am in love with George. And (laughs) it's like, wait, what? And there's like, no, 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 no. And she does not take UPS. She instead just flies there. She's just there. Yeah. And she she basically gets at the same time as George. Yeah, somehow. She knows the tracking methods to get there without the guides. So... The next bit I would like to just like kind of summarize, because she the, George gets there, he beats up the poachers, and then who shows up? Oh, and um, and Ursula comes in and saves him, and then who shows up and grabs Ursula? But Lyle, Lyle, who has linked up with, <laughs> as far as I can tell, a group of Nazis. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> truly, truly, exactly what I wrote is. 
Okay, so now Lyle is the leader of a neo-Nazi military yeah. group. Like yeah. the people are, they're they're like, okay, so we've like we've done it, and they're like, uh, when did you become a leader here? Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. at first he's like, he just shows up, and I'm looking at his coat, and it's like a black jacket. Mm-hmm. He's got the little like eagle red pendant, yeah, mm-hmm. with a red little symbol on it, and I'm like, eh, it looks kind of like, and he's like, oh, I'm so I'm a minister with the Church of. Uh, celestial intelligence or something now. And I'm like, all right. But then a bunch of German yeah. special ops guys come in. They're like, here we are. We're here to serve you, sir. And one of them, uh, he doesn't do that. Salute. Um, he might as well. Mm-hmm. But it's literally a group of Nazis. Well, it's like Jan, Hans, Franz, and Phil. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Oh yeah, I'm not like I mean, you read them as not as Nazis and Annie read them as not okay. Yeah, I read it more as like cultish, but because he said they mentioned he like linked up with a cult. Yeah, but it's like it's literally like a Hitler cult. Well, I just like he did he escape prison or was he let out of prison? They never said. I it. like to think like he escaped prison, went into the wilderness, met up with this cult, became leader of this cult. <laughs> like all of these things could have been very exciting. But yes. They just summarize over it. Into... No, the cult. He met the cult, and they were like, you, "Your your values and how you look at life very much align with how we work." And so they just made him leader. Yeah, they're like, okay. "We like it." Yeah. He's like, "I have a lot of money." Very subservient Nazis. I wrote down elephant trunk gun. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, because there's multiple points when Tuki and the monkey and Shep the elephant are working in this fight against like the poachers, and they just load coconuts into the trunk. Just like using the force of trunk suction, like blows it out and like has like a little gun. Mm-hmm. Tuki literally gets shot out of a trunk up a poacher's ass. That happens. That happens. <laughs> uh, we don't talk about it, but it happens. And um, oh, yeah. And then when Lyle takes Ursula away, and you're thinking, oh, how does George get out of like the mercenary things? How does George get out of the mercenary things? A random group of karate-driven apes from the Bongo Grabs show up and beat the living shit out of these mercenaries. Yeah, they all put, like, a bandana bandanas on. on. They had red bandanas um, express-shipped so that they could have, like, a group look. Right. They talked about this beforehand. They yeah. had to. They're yeah. like, what color? Red? Does red. that feel right? Blue? Red. No, red. Red definitely works for us. Yeah. And so, yeah, the karate gorillas show up. We don't see the fight. No. It just like kind of does like a flip. The can the it does like a flip transition. And they have like nunchucks and shit. And next thing you know, all the poachers and Nazis are in a cell, which is a sentence I just said. <laughs> uh, they're all in the cage, the Nazis and the poachers. And uh, George and Ursula decide they're gonna get married. Oh well, there's there's so there's like the whole chase thing where yeah. like George goes after oh, Lyle, yes, Lyle and Ursula, and, Ursula. and they fall down again with the comedic timing of tripping and falling into something only this time they trip and fall into a stream which turns into a river which turns into a rapid river and so but there's a boat and so they're rowing the boat and uh lyle has a funny bit where he takes like the the pendant neck part off and then it's like the priest collar (laughs) and he's like all right time to officiate this wedding (laughs) he's like do you or so it's like lyle what the hell are you doing george is on a vine and he's like, this is about to be the biggest swing in history. And he like swings off this vine. The vine is moving parallel. It is not swinging. Just, it is just a floating <laughs> vine that going 10 mock speed. Because <laughs> like his wind is like. <laughs> and he's like going 
super wickedly fast, breaking the sound barrier. And then there's the Lyle doesn't see the river turns into rapids behind them. The boat then starts like tossing and turning. George is going like a thousand miles per hour, and then you just see Ursula like George, watch out for that tree. Bam! And he hits a fucking tree, and it like has an indent on the other side of the tree. George is still fine. Right. He's, so hard that it takes the tree down. It takes the tree down. And then the tree falls over across the river. Perfectly. Perfectly. So where George, who is on the tree, totally fine, by the way, reaches down a hand, grabs Ursula, takes Ursula up. And now it's just Lyle in the boat. He gets to the end of the rapids where it goes into a dark cave. And you just hear like a feminine voice like, oh, it's like, it's okay, honey, we're here. Now we can finally get married. Uh, let me see you for a second. He clicks the lighter gun, and it's it's not John Cleese ape. It's just an ape. He's like, oh, he's like, no, 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 and you hear smooching noises, and like, I'll I'll leave it to the audience of how that panned out. They're married. Yeah, Lyle married an ape mm-hmm. that he can't get out of. Nope. And he's still living in this cave. Because he's Catholic now. (laughs) (laughs) Or divorce is illegal. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, then there's the wedding scene. Uh, Everyone's invited, including Betsy. Betsy's there. The parents are there. Betsy the bestie. Bestie. Betsy the bestie. Also, George's wedding look. Oh my God. Serving. Very serving. (laughs) He's looking great. I said... Okay, Kate. All the animals. Are Ursula's down. donning like more of like the the jungle esque look. Like she's just wearing like like a little crop top and like. Oh, when they of, have their baby, their yeah, baby. A little, and they have a baby, George yeah. Junior. And the narrator's like, George became the king of the jungle and found his queen. And then he's like, he's like, how did it happen? We're like, we just watched the movie. Well, <laughs> he says, how did it happen? Cut to George on a cliffside holding George Jr. He's like, George, just lucky. And then lifts up George Jr. in the Lion King pose on Pride Rock. And then Pride it zooms Rock. out. It's actually Pride Rock. It is it's actually. It's just Pride Rock. It's like Pride in case Rock. you forgot, it's like Disney's like, we own it all. We own it all, bitches. We got it all. <laughs> you think we wouldn't do it? We did. And then it cuts to black. And the but credits wait. start. But wait. But then you hear... What don't you know what to know what happened to me? And then we cut and to... And like, the film like emulses and like breaks apart. Cut to, welcome to Las Vegas. And someone describe what, what we see. We'd see a dream coming true. <laughs> we see a star is born. <laughs> and it's John Cleese. <laughs> the human. <no. laughs> still, still in his ape form. And like... A shimmery blue suit and they're like replay he's basically got a a vegas review that is a retelling i think of, of the movie of the movie and the poachers the actual poachers are still like stuck in the tree as like <laughs> yeah they're his, stuck like, as like tree props yeah i don't know he's just like show. i kept them those are mine now my guys my, my boys guys. for my hungry boys and then the movie ends <laughs> Yeah, well, his performance is great. Yeah, and the movie oh. ends. That's the end of George. So I thought he did a version of like, uh, and did it my way because oh, yeah, he performs. He's like, I did it, it my way. way. And then the, the movie, end. And then the movie ends. And then it's a um, like ska adjacent version of George of the Jungle. <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite ska, but it it's is. It's like, like it's like in in the ballpark. Yeah. Well, it's nineteen ninety seven. Yes. Why wasn't this nominated for an Oscar? It should have. 
Well, it was a song that was written before this movie. Oh, it is just used heavily in this movie. Mm-hmm. There's it's a, the only song really that's there's used a re- except for the George and Mr. Jungle. Boombastic. Oh, I'm so sorry. How could I? Mm-hmm. Oh, to call me Mr. Boombastic, pretty fantastic. Also, uh, before we, you know, final. The, I will say in the wedding scene, I think the mom is like, "Get these monkeys away from me! What am I, Jane Goodall?" And like the shade oh, that Abe gives, he's like, "I've, I've met, met Jane, Jane Goodall, Goodall, and you're, you're no. Her. Like it's like, okay, <laughs> sir. No wonder you're like in Vegas. Like you're living your life. Yes, I love it very much. Um, I just looked at my phone and I saw became the highest grossing film of 1997. I'm like, wait, no. wait, do I have the, like, what is this? And and then I looked and I actually, somehow had the Armageddon page open. Oh, okay. uh, mm. So Armageddon was the highest grossing Ugh, film of 1997. Bored. Um, but George of the Jungle comes out July 16th of 1997. I am a wee tyke at this point. Um, it opens number two besides me, behinds Men in Black. That's a hard. That's a hard position. It's to a be hard in. to beat Men in Black. Yeah, yeah. Men in Black was like the 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 breakout hit of the summer. George, right. don't discredit him though. He makes good money. Uh, George Jungle makes one hundred and seventy four point four million dollars off a fifty five million dollar budget for the nineties. That's a very healthy little profit. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's exactly what Disney's looking for in a movie like this. Makes a tidy little profit like that. They're not trying to do their movies now where it's like it has to make a one billion dollars or it's a flop. Which is exactly what happens with movies like Black Adam, where it makes good money, but makes no money. And it's seen as a flop. But it comes out, big financial success, moderate critical success. Um, Roger Ebert's a big fan of it. It gets mostly like middle of reviews, people like, your kids are going to love it, your mileage may vary. But I think that's, you know, we're we're seeing a resurgence in love for this movie now. Well, that was also a time where I feel like... I don't know. When I see things that are marketed to like kids now, it's like they've dumbed it all down. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we came up at a time where things were not dumbed down for us. Yes. So that like mm-hmm. there are nuances that it, your parents could enjoy, but also yes. when you watched it later on, you were like, "Oh, I, like, oh I didn't catch I these like that as a kid. fifteen mm-hmm. sexual jokes." Yeah, and I I agree with that. Like it's very much um, there was a better breed of kids movie in the day. Kids yeah. movies like this were designed to be enjoyed by the whole... It's a family movie. It's designed to be enjoyed by the whole family. Yeah. Sir, you're looking like you want to say something. No, I mean, I'm just looking up the trivia page, seeing if there's anything interesting to tell uh, for uh, to add to the post-text of the movie. Mm-hmm. The only thing I can really think of is um, that jo- uh, Brendan Fraser's personal trainer uh, evidently sued, uh, sued Fraser because Fraser didn't like give them any credit um, in the end credits. In the end credits, he did not win the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you're um, being paid to to do the thing. You did it. Yeah. So, so yeah. Fraser, um, this movie huge for him. It's oh, his yeah. first major box office success. Um, and off of his performance in this, he gets both Blast from the Past and The Mummy, mm-hmm. as well as Dudley Do Right. Uh, which are his next three big movies. Yeah. So this is the movie that catapults him into superstardom. Yeah. And uh, kids kids love him. Um, adults are like, he's great in that movie. He starts getting, you know, successful roles after the point. So this is really the inception point for the Brendan Fraser that we know and love now. Yeah. And I think it's worth saying, um, though, that it's uh, like it sort of catapults him into his like comedic action star role yes. stardom. And 
we're gonna lose a little bit of like his roots from like the dramatic thespian roles that he took. We're gonna have some of it. Some. Like our next episode well, not our next or yeah, our next the next movie we cover will be Gods and Monsters. Yes. Um, which is a drama. And he does a fair bit of dramas, but in terms of his generally accepted like what people know him for, it's all like action comedies from here on out. Yeah. Action comedies, romantic comedies. That's his bread and butter from here on out. Yeah. And whether that's a good thing or bad thing, because I, I will say, like, from the movies we've seen with Fraser, dramatically speaking, he's a great dramatic yeah. role. And he's but, about to prove it again in The Whale. Yeah. He'll probably get an Oscar nomination. We don't yeah. know yet. Probably. He will. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. But this movie does get a sequel. And we do have to talk about that really quick. Yeah. George of the Jungle 2, which is released direct-to-video, as all Disney sequels are at this time, came out in 2003. Um, Brendan is offered the role to reprise, or offered to reprise his role. He turns it down uh, because he did not want to have to do that to his body again, and also uh, they did not offer him enough money. Good for him. Only two actors return for that movie. Can anyone guess who? Uh, uh, The Poachers. Nope. Mm -hmm. Lyle. Yes. Ooh. And John Cleese. Yes. Whoa. It's Thomas Hayden. You knew that, didn't you? No. It's what? Thomas Hayden Complete Church guess. and John Cleese as Ape. Thomas Hayden Church gets top billing in the sequel for his reprisal as Lyle Vandergroot. Um, Ursula is recast with Julia Benz. Christopher Showerman plays George. Um, but John Cleese does return as Ape. <laughs> we just need to... Need Again, to... a great paycheck. Because he doesn't have to be present. Yeah, he just shows up and he's just like, oh, I'm like some... and I... <laughs> and then he goes home. So I never saw the second one. And you never will. Neither I don't want I. to. Like, the appeal is gone. Yes, when you lose the Brendan of it all. But, um, yeah, that's uh, that's generally the extent of George's Jungle post-text I want to talk about. Makes yeah. a lot of money, gets decent reviews, and catapults our boy into the next stage of his career. Yeah. So, Adam. Yeah, okay. I can I can pull some bullshit out of my ass. Adam has um, looked stressed in the corner. Yeah, he's okay. been silent for like 20 minutes, and I look over, and it looks like he's like really in thought. Uh, water yeah. gone. Yeah, water Give is the people gone. what they want. Yeah, I could use some more water. But, um, okay, so um, uh, Jeff mentioned Nietzsche, so I'm just going to go <laughs> up. just going to go off that. Um, oh, God. Yeah, Friedrich Nietzsche um, died uh, August 25th, 1900. Um, I was born August 25th, 1994. Um, so there's 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 some parallels there. Anyway, um, yes, his um, magnum opus, Thus Spoke Zarathustra, or Also Sprach Zarathustra in German. I'm just buying time here. Um, yes, about a man named Zarathustra um, who lives, named George. lives in isolation. Um talks to his serpent and his eagle and um then uh goes out into uh civilization um and um does some shit there doesn't quite fit in um everyone's is he about to nail this is he about to what? pull it off um <laughs> about to pull it off. uh then um he uh returns to the wilderness um having decided there's nothing in civilization for him um and uh starts basically i don't know he, well he evolves into the next form of man but um 
uh, starting his own kingdom, uh, something there, some parallels. I think there's something to be said about the next evolved. That is basically just the plot of George of the Jungle. <laughs> so go. he's got man goes to civilization, decides there's another form there, goes back. So what you were saying before about it being highbrow, it's, it's real. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Um, yeah, and there's also a lot about like Zarathustra has no culture. He wants everyone to abandon culture. Um, he doesn't. Um, he has no like the part with George, and he doesn't understand gender roles. Where's the dress? Um, you know. Uh, that's Zarathustra. He wants everyone to abandon their old ideas and just start fresh, start new. And I think George is like that. He's 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 a modern Zarathustra. Adam Campbell, ladies and gentlemen, this is why we have him on. This is why we have Adam Campbell on our show. It's funny because with Phenomenon, he had like an actual like thought that he like wanted to come on the show to talk about, and since then we have dragged him here to gearing up these thoughts about things he did not have these ideas about yeah like your explanation on life on the line just was amazing what did i say about that <laughs> i know you Black i called out. you while you were in a, <laughs> i called you while you were in a grocery store and put you live on air oh yeah that's right <laughs> um yeah i don't remember what i said at all to be honest i don't really remember what you said <laughs> a lot of things were said on the life on the line episode what's going on what's happening yeah <laughs> uh i think we should wrap this up jeff yeah. i think we're getting to that point well, Adam, any final thoughts aside from Zarathustra? Um, I was just thinking, um, if the poachers had gotten John Cleese, um, they probably would have just sold him to like a zoo or something, <laughs> and I think he would have wound up in Las Vegas doing exactly what he did. <laughs> he just did it his way. Yeah, he did his it his way. way. It, w- okay. it would have been King Kong style. On yes. his own terms. The eighth wonder of the world. Yeah. Anna, any final thoughts? Just all, he's so hot. <laughs> yeah, let's just like, all say he's like he's hot just as shit. So hot, like he's just really hot. But it also movie. breaks my heart, like knowing what I know about how, what he had to endure. Then I'm like, am I just like a part of the problem? <laughs> Where I mean, I'm just like hot. <laughs> no, I think like he went through all that, and he like certainly would wish that no one else would have to go through that. Mm-hmm. But he went through it, and you know we should at least like appreciate appreciate his hotness, his what he like what he did. I'm sure he'd be even more pissed if we're all like, eh, he looks yeah. fine. He'd be like, I... like if he suffered for it, he probably wants us to be like, yeah, it was pretty hot in that movie. You got very hot and steamy. Yeah, you're a grade A smoke show in that movie. Number one hair, but he was hot yeah. for a lot of reasons. I want no. him to know that. It, I mean, obviously his physique and his hair, fantastic. But it was like, no, he was like sensitive and like genuine. That was hot. Yeah. Yeah. Very caring. Being being sincere is hot nowadays. Yeah. Nowadays. <laughs> 1997? Yeah, you can eh. get it. <laughs> Look at Lyle. Lyle, Lyle, crocodile. Nice. All right. Stuart, any final thoughts? Uh, no. I think I've said everything I could you say about it. said everything you want to say about George of the Jungle? Yeah. Right. Good uh, re, you know. I think that's about all I have to say that. as well. In that case, thank you, folks, for listening to this episode of Travolting Presents the Fraser's Edge. As a reminder, we um oh we should I'm saying the wrong thing. We're on Apple Podcasts. Wait, no, no, Apple. no! I want ne- to <laughs> make sure to tune in next week for episode for our hundredth episode spectacular. Oh yeah, that's right, folks. This is the 99th episode of Travolting. Um, next week we're celebrating our hundredth episode. With a special thing that we've said a long time we wouldn't do. 
we're going to do a commentary track for the first episode of Welcome Back, Cotter. A show we said we will never cover. A show we will cover one time and then never touch again. So tune in next week for our commentary track on Welcome Back, Cotter, celebrating 100 episodes of Travolting. And then the week after that, we'll get back into the Fraser's Edge with our episode on Gods and Monsters, joined by Dave Manzalillo. Uh, so thank you all for listening. As a reminder, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Come on to our Reddit, r slash Travolting. Uh, email us anything at travoltingpodcast at gmail.com. Find us at travoltingpod on Twitter or Instagram. Find me on Twitter at Jeff W. Sweeney. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Stuart 95 And anything you want to plug? No. Adam, anything you want to plug? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not plugged. We're unplugged. Yes. Um, special thanks, as always, to Rebecca Johnson for our graphic design and Michael Van Bodegum Smith for the theme music that is now taking you out. Have a great rest of your week, folks, and see you for Gods and Monsters, and welcome back, Cotter. Oh! Watch out for that dream. Watch out for that bang. Ooh, tree. George, George of the jungle